0: Hey Redeem Family, thank you so much for joining us for Redeem Online this week. We are on week four of our Advent series, which means Christmas is next week and we are so excited. We are going to be hosting a Christmas Eve service at 7 p.m. but space is going to be limited. So here's what I want you to do. If you're going to be joining us and we invite you all to come, we hope that you will go on redeem.church and register to let us know if you're going to be there just for planning reasons. But that's the 24th at 7 p.m. and we are so excited about Christmas Eve. And this week our Advent word is love and you know it's actually interesting as i was thinking about god's love for us i was thinking human love there's one of the greatest expressions of human love around right here in lakewood washington believe it or not it is a real thing there is a legit castle in the city of lakewood you may or may not know that if you're not from here you may not know that but there is this castle right on american lake And it's one of the only castles in the whole United States. And it is the only castle on the West Coast. This castle is called Thornwood Castle, and it is one of the nicest houses, obviously, it's a castle you will ever see, right here on American Lake in Lakewood. It's now a bed and breakfast, but it has a lot of history. You know, there were multiple movies that were there. I think Stephen King had this movie Red Rose was there, and there's other movies that were there. In addition, I'm kind of a presidential historian fan, so I read a lot of the presidential historian books, but uh, Taft stayed there, President Taft stayed there, and President Theodore Roosevelt stayed there for two weeks in 1918. I mean, this is a legit place. And we're talking about it because this is really the story of the making of this castle, is a story of love. You know, they call it the, the house that love built. That's because the sto- it's a story of a man's love for a woman. There's this, there's this guy named Chester Thorne. And Chester wanted to build a house for his wife, Anna. And so Chester, he was, he was a money man. He, he, was, he, he, he was like printing money back in the day. But he was a financier. Financer, and he was actually one of the founders of the port of Tacoma so money was not an object for him much like Megan I you know money's not an object i'm just joking i drive a 2009 honda civic you know he spared no expense when it came to down, to planning and the construction of this unique country estate for his family and you know it was actually this huge labor of love because in 1907 he actually purchased a 400-year-old Elizabethan, I can never say that word, I'm glad I got it right, manor in England. He bought a castle, a 400-year-old castle in England, and it had the parts dismantled, put onto a ship, sent across the ocean, and then brought right here to Lakewood, Washington. This is a place with 27,000 square feet of living space had 54 rooms including 22 bedrooms and 22 baths think about that when I think about that my mind is blown you know I was I was thinking about this just for fun I was thinking about I I will I will probably never do that for my wife Meg if you know my wife Meg she deserves every bit of that but I I won't ever probably do that so I was thinking what are some things that I have done for my wife Meg that express love to her number one i no longer wear crocs out in public i I am a huge fan of the crocs i have had the same pair of crocs for 15 years my wife is absolutely embarrassed of me when i wear them the same is true of cargo shorts i love cargo shorts i think they're practical i know it makes me sound old but I, i i don't wear cargo shorts anymore that is for love for my wife you know i've never grown a beard You know, I'm freshly shaved today. Sometimes you might see me with a little stubble, but my wife is a no-go on the beard. All the men in my church that have excellent beards, and we got a few of them, I am jealous of you because every year I try to get a beard on this face and it is not happening for my wife. But I cannot even imagine building a castle or buying a castle in England and shipping it over to Lakewood to build a castle for my wife. It's actually unbelievable. This may be one of the greatest acts of love a man and woman, from a man to a woman, that I have ever heard of. And I was thinking how far it fails to to compare of God's love for us. It's not even in the same realm. And it's crazy to think that somebody that's going to ship a castle over, that doesn't even come close to God's love for you and for me. But you know, it's so interesting, as we talk about this word love, we're in an interesting season. Meg and I were talking about this, but we have a warped view of love often. Oftentimes we have a warped view of love. We can think of it in a lot of different ways, but here in this Christmas season, one of the things that, that I think about is the dreaded Hallmark Christmas movies. They, they express love to us. I want to apologize to anybody that I've been, men and women alike, many people like the Hallmark Christmas movie but I am not. And so as I was thinking about some of the classic all month Christmas movies, I looked a couple up that I feel like I need to see. There's, there's one called Annie Claus is Coming to Town. And, and it says right here, this year Santa's daughter takes her first trip away from the North Pole during the Christmas season, hoping to find adventure and love in sunny California. That sounds wonderful. Here's where it gets creepy. While Santa watches his daughter through a magic snow globe, Now that just went from weird to creepy, didn't it? That Annie Claus is coming to Southern California and all of a sudden now Santa's watching this from a snow globe. Very, very creepy, but that's another thing. You know, there's another one called Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus. This is a love story where Nick plans to to let fate bring his wife, but he must alter that because he has to replace his father, Santa Claus, by December 26th and he has to find love first what a classic love story you know i can only imagine the writing the writing room floors and i can't even imagine what movies didn't make the cuts if annie claus is coming to town and single santa meets seeks uh mrs claus made it onto the hallmark channel but it's really interesting because if you think about this castle in england and you think about our view of love when it comes to this hallmark channel kind of thought of love i think there's a chance that we're really, really far away still from understanding or even beginning to get our head around God's love for us, especially when it comes to sending His only Son. And so that's the goal of this sermon. We are going to look at the word love. But as we head into the Christmas season, as we head into Christmas, I want us to be at a place where we're thinking and reflecting on God's love for us and then thinking about what should our response be to that love you know as we we looking at this we've been looking at a concept each week i hope you've been going along with us with this advent series again my goal was to say well how do we bring a lot of meaning to you this christmas season and so we talked about hope and joy and peace and now as we look at this idea of love i want us to look at a couple of the hebrew concepts For love and I actually love this sermon because we're gonna go like just look at two of the most famous passages in the Bible as we do this but I want us to look at the Hebrew concept of love and the idea of God's love also I want to say this Uh, I'm not a Hebrew scholar we have a couple in our uh, in our in our congregation it's awesome and so I will probably butcher these words and that's totally fine I ask for grace as we go you know, as I was looking at this, the, the most common verb for love in the Hebrew text is this word ahav. Ahav. It's, the mo, it's most often referred to the relationship between two people. So it, it could be used, uh, oftentimes it's used to talk about a parent and a child. Ahav. It's used in Genesis 22 too. When Abraham is tested to take Isaac up to the mountain, this is what it says. Then God said, "Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Ahav, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. And I, uh, on a mountain, I will show you." You know. Uh, this is uh, uh, really just talking about the love between a father and a son in this context. But it also parallels this idea of the same, the same idea of God sending his only son down to be sacrificed. And, and so it really is this kind of two people in relationship love. Uh, Abraham loved Isaac. And then there's this there's this love that's between a husband and a wife. Genesis 24, 26. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife and he loved her. Ahav. You know, one of the very interesting places that this is used is in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. One of the most famous passages in the Bible. This word is... Is used to describe how the people of Israel and uh, we are to have a relationship with God. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love, Ahav, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now this term, with all of our heart and with all of our soul, These are two different Hebrew terms that really mean the same thing. They're not talking about two separate components of us as humans. They're talking about one thing within us as humans. You know, scholars believe that they are an overlapping meaning, which is really just to convey this, our whole internal life, our disposition, our emotions, our intellect, all of it is to love the Lord our God. And we've been preaching about this this year. We've been talking about a lot about our innermost being. And we're going to double down in 2022. And we'll talk about it at the end of the sermon. But our innermost being connecting and loving the Lord, our God, in a world that's spinning out of control and can feel crazy at times, that's what we need to focus on in 2022. Because out of it, everything flows. And so I'm excited about that. But it's the same component. It's our innermost being, our internal life loving the Lord our God. And now, you know, that actually the last part of that when it uses the word might, that can be translated as totality, exceedingly or totality, which means everything about us, our, our innermost being and everything about us, loving the Lord our God, meaning the Lord, Yahweh, is alone worthy of worship and we are called to undivided loyalty and and undivided focus onto him as the lord of the universe. This verse in these terms use this way for love means all of us. And let me read this again for you. Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, we're going to get to this at the end of the sermon, but this should be our response to God's love. This is how we love God, and we're going to go deeper into this at the end. But I want to talk about another word, and that word is another word for love in the Hebrew text, but it's most often used as a noun, and that's hesed, hesed. And I butchered that because I cannot do that thing with my tongue but it occurs over 250 times in the Hebrew Bible. And it's important for us to, uh, uh, to understand that that when we look at this word, it's really it, there's not like a like a English word that exactly lines up to it. So the King James version, for example, uses loving kindness. That's how they describe it. While newer translations like the ESV, they use steadfast love or or newer translations oftentimes use Loyal love, but the concept is simply this it refers to two people or groups of people who have formed a Relationship together. They have previously formed a relationship together and they experience this kind of love It's best described simply as the loyalty of the two people that have built this relationship and there's loyalty between the two But it's important that we also understand that this word also is accompanied by action and it's tied to it. The action is tied to it. It's describing loyalty that is leading to action. And one of the ways that this, uh, this is best used is loyalty is what happens when two people promise something to one another, when there's a promise that happens between two people. You know, David uses this term in 1 Samuel and he reminds Jonathan during a disagreement of a, pre- a previous promise and loyalty that was made to one another. And so it's very important that they understand that this kind of love is this loyalty and promises that happen. You know it, it's most often used with uh, in reference to God's relationship to man and this is huge for us to understand that God's relationship to man this word love is most often used as a noun so let's look at it this way the the psalmists use it to talk about how God protects and sustains life for example in Psalm 94 17 through 18 when I thought my foot slips Your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. God protects and sustains us. He has this steadfast love, this loyal love, because of how he interacts with us. And it can be used to describe God's loyal love in contrast to his wrath. Micah 7.18 says this, Who is a God like you, pardoning inequity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance? he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love you know one way that this term is often used is when describing god's enduring love as the foundation of his covenantal promises it's used to describe the covenant he made with abraham it's it's used to make uh, to describe the covenant he made with david and with moses and some of you need to hear this today The loyal love is who God is. And he chooses to be in relationship with his people, which leads him to action. And that action is steadfast, and it's loyal, and it's enduring, and it's merciful. And we have to understand that this is who God is. Matter of fact, in Exodus 34, God descends from the clouds. And he's talking to Moses, and this is how he is described in Exodus 34, 5-6. through six. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, Forgiving inequity and transgression and sin. This is incredible love, which brings us to the story of Jesus. The beginning of the story of Jesus and the end of the story of Jesus is all about God's steadfast and enduring, merciful and loyal love. John 3.16, why did this all get set into motion? Because of this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now that verse sometimes can feel trite, but it's so important that we read it through this lens as we celebrate Christmas. This is why God sent his son. For God so loved, that's what it says. Now of course that's a different word. It's in the Greek. It's agape love. But this is who he is. He's loyal, He's steadfast, he's merciful, and in this verse, we see he's also sacrificial. Can I get an amen to that? Can you imagine any earthly relationship that you have right now that's 100% loyal and 100% steadfast and 100% merciful, and then yet always sacrificial to? This is huge. This is who God is. This is how God was described in the Hebrew text. We just read it in Exodus. But now, with the story of Jesus from the beginning on that crazy night in Bethlehem to the end, where he dies on a cross on a hill, this is who he is loyal love. This is how God operates. And we see it that, that because of this love, this emotion is tied up. It's not just emotion, but it's actually love that's tied in to action. It's that he gave his only son. He gave it as a gift. The birth story is this, a gift to humankind. Not because we deserved it, but because of God's loyal love, we now receive it. It's a free gift. A gift that's bigger than anything that you could ever imagine. A gift that's bigger than any Hallmark movie. A gift that's bigger than a castle coming from England. It's bigger than anything that we could give to a husband or a wife or a best friend or a kid or anything here on earth. God gave us his son. And loyal love is simply this. Loyal love is uncomfortable and it's humble. And it's Jesus coming as a servant. Now, one of the things that I don't like about Christmas in my own Christmas tradition is that Meg's side of the family, for us to receive gifts, we have to actually jump into the lake. It doesn't matter how cold it is. We've done it when it's snowing. We've done it when it's like below 30 degrees. And it is brutal. The colder it gets, but we have to jump into the lake. Everyone, my sons included, my nine and seven-year-old, they just have to dip down. But we have to jump into the lake to get our Christmas presents. Now, why do we do that? Well, it's very interesting because what we do is we say Jesus, who is in the heavenly, who is in heaven, comes down as a humble servant and chooses to take our likeness as a human and to come down and to be uncomfortable so the very least that we can do is jump into a lake before we get you know a bunch of gifts which seems reasonable when you think of it that way but it's still something we dread but this jumping in the lake uh, helps us remember what jesus did and what god's love really means it means so much more than how we just think of love here on earth you know as i was going over this talk i was talking to dana and she mentioned this verse and it, it stuck out to me all week Philippians 2, and we'll go through 5 through 8, but it reminds us that this is who we are celebrating the birth of. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a Christ. The Christ, the one who came as a baby, he doesn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but rather emptied himself and took on the likeness of us, mankind, and became a servant. And this is what loyal love looks like. This is what steadfast love looks like. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And so this Christmas, how are we to act then? How are we to act on this loyal, steadfast, merciful love that we have been studying? We finally get to the birth narrative and we look at this and here's how we are to act. Luke 2.15 When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. How do we respond? Three things just from this, this uh, series. Of, how do we respond? Three things from this. How do we respond? Three things from this scripture. We respond to God's love in complete amazement. You see it in verse 17, all who heard the shepherds, were amazed they were overwhelmed with wonder and joy of that the savior is born in the town of bethlehem and when we respond to god's love we should be like this in complete amazement not just uh in a place where we are just kind of going through the motions during this christmas season we should be in a complete amazement whether you've been a a christian for 40 years or you've been one for four months we should be in the same level of amazement of what God has done. Number two, we should respond by treasuring and pondering. You know, we, when we take into account the radical things and the ways that God has moved and how God has brought his loyal love through this story of Jesus, but even in our own lives, we must ponder, think, and meditate on it. You know, multiple times through this birth story, it says that Mary did this. This is how she responded. She treasured them in her heart, and she pondered, and it's so important for us as believers to understand that. That's how we should do it. And we glorify and praise God. This Christmas, can we worship together? This Christmas, can we glorify together? This Christmas, can we praise together? Can we stand in awe and wonder and praise that God's love has come and it came through a virgin and the shepherds who were the humblest of people and the people of the town of Bethlehem that was a nothing in, the, in, in, the, in this country and God's loyal love is getting poured out in unexpected ways. And it must cause us to enter into praise and glorifying his name and worshiping the god of the universe who is loyal and steadfast and merciful like deuteronomy 6 says we must respond to the loyal love of god through giving him our hearts and our souls and all of our might and we love him back in praising and worshiping the father who gave his only son and that's how we are to respond this Christmas as we finish this Advent series. And here's my challenge. We are going to be doing Christmas Eve service, but we are also going to be focused on prayer and worship in 2022. God has been moving in so many ways in this church. So now it's time as we wait for the harvest, which is going to come for us to prepare through praise and worship and prayer, ourselves and our innermost being, because God moves through that way that we interact with him and so that's what we're gonna do January 1st it's a worship and prayer night it's it's that Saturday night we're gonna be back at OVBC but we are going to just spend time in the new year in prayer and prayer and worship of the loyal loving steadfast God who moves in mighty ways, and we're gonna wait in expectation for him to move in 2022. So I invite you to that service. Let me pray as we head into Christmas. Heavenly Father, I'm in complete amazement that that's who you are. You are a loyal, steadfast, merciful God, and we praise your name forever and ever. Heavenly Father, as you come down and send your son to come as a servant, we say thank you. Lord, I pray that each one of us would spend time in thinking and pondering on what you have done this year in our own lives, in our lives of our church. Lord, we are so thankful that you sent your son to die on a cross for us, and we are forgiven because of that just amazing act of love. We love you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.